grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in my trust, let me not be put to shame. Let not enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. You may be seated. That hymn of the day we just sang a few minutes ago starts off by asking a question. O Lord, how shall I meet you? I welcome you aright. Now that sounds like a pretty important question, not only as this new church year begins, but as you consider your daily life in this world as a baptized child of God. And thinking about this, as we start to unpack that question, something is implied and it harkens to what you've been hearing the past few weeks, and it sums up this season of Advent. Jesus is coming. And not only that, but he's coming soon. So then, how shall you meet him? Well, maybe a good indicator of this is to ask to where or to whom are you looking? And this is where things get pointed. Because you see that when you hear Jesus is coming and then you start to examine yourself, you're confronted with the fact that you're not ready, at least on your own, to meet him. That's because it's so easy to be looking elsewhere and there are many things which seek to draw your eyes away from him. And you're going to be doing it looking to something or someone else. It's unavoidable and part of our fallen nature to do so. But even as we are creatures created by God, we know that we don't exist on our own. We need those outside things. We're not autonomous, that is, self-ruling. We are created and sustained by something or someone else. So even when someone believes the modern lies that he's self-sufficient or independent, he's still guided and governed by certain principles and concepts. It's always easy to kind of look at the culture around us and see whatever is swaying, and you can always see the way people will think and go. And along with that, man is by nature religious. He has a God. We always will fear, love, and trust in something. Even someone who says he's an atheist, there's really no such thing. And you don't have to search long in the scriptures to find this fact. It's riddled with instances of false gods being created by men, either fashioned with their hands or just fashioned in their own hearts. And we look at our lives, and we see that as well. So we lift up our souls, and we trust in what we see, what we hear, what we observe, both outside and even from within. And these things form us, they shape us, and molds our thinking and believing. So what do you see? The epistle reading is telling and reveals the sin within your hearts and the fallen world in which you dwell. God, through St. Paul, wrote, Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. 
So how shall you meet the Lord? Well, you're called to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you put, take your eyes off of him, you will see sin and its consequences. You will see sin in yourselves and others in the world around you, and you'll see death. All of this is around. So where are you going to turn? Where are you going to look for in this world for your help, your comfort, your guidance? And as you know, the Lord is coming. Well, there are many things and people which will offer you a solution. And much of it will be appealing. And much of it will sound, be the easy way through life. Or perhaps where you can put yourself in control. False gods have a way of doing that. But then at the end of the day, the curtain is pulled back. And there's no deliverance. There are only demands, accusations, and no truth. And there's no forgiveness as well when you fail. There's only you and yourself to make things right, or bow the knee to whatever the prevailing wind may be. So sin has a way of ruling our lives, and being a king who rules not only outward actions, but how you know and perceive the world. And so we see then uh, our sinful hearts and why it is imperative for us to hear those words of God, to know what is truly good, what is right, what is salutary. And so God calls us, as we begin the church year, to look at our life and confess our sin. The day is drawing near when Jesus will return to judge the living and the dead. There is an urgency to this in our lives, and as we think about living in this world and who we are in it. God calls us to cast off the works of darkness, which are those things which separate you from God and his kingdom, which has no end. The prince of this world is the devil, and he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour you. False gods take your eyes off Christ and into hell. They also don't love your neighbor whom God has placed around you and uses you to serve love and confess God toward the neighbor, which flows from faith and guided by what God teaches you in his law, which is good and benefits everyone all around you. So take this all seriously. Don't look at those things which go against God's word. Know who God has called you to be. Know what God teaches you your life is to be like. Know what governs your life and who is your king and who are your gods. So people of God, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. So look, your Lord is coming. So what do you see in the midst of this all? Well, in faith, look to him and see him for who he is as your king. And what is that? Who is he? Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt of the foal of a beast of burden. So as we're asking that question, O oh Lord, how shall I meet you? You see that God comes to you, and he lifts your eyes to see him. Because he who is your king is also God himself the one who has come into this fallen world, the one who rode through the streets in humility, yet as the one who conquers, the king who rides on to die and take his life back up again. That's the image before you in the gospel reading today and every year as this new church year begins. God holds before us that sight that Jesus comes to you, and he lifts up your soul to see him who has come to redeem you. So everything comes to a head then in Jesus, who is your King, your God, your Savior. And Jesus prepares you to meet him, for he has come and redeemed you. 
And he comes now to forgive you through his means of grace, and he comes again to take you to himself, even as he will create a new heavens and a new earth for you and all his saints to dwell. That hymn of the day is beautiful, and it states so well how the Lord has had mercy on you and still does. So even as it starts off by saying, O Lord, how shall I meet you? How welcome you arrived? Then it proclaims these beautiful words written by Paul Gerhardt. Love caused your incarnation. Love brought you down to me. Your thirst for my salvation procured my liberty. A love beyond all telling that led you to embrace. And love, O love excelling, our lost and fallen race. Since death, that fearful burden, cannot his love erase. Your guilt the Lord will pardon and cover by his grace. He comes for you procuring the peace of sin forgiven, his children thus securing eternal life in heaven. And so it doesn't get more beautiful than that in hearing and singing of Christ who has come down as your king. And it's not some sappy, abstract notion of love, but this is real love. Love that caused the incarnation of the Son of God. Why? Because he came to redeem you, to save you, to buy you back from sin, death, and the devil. And he's done it. So let that sink into your hearts this first Sunday of Advent. His purpose for coming was to save you. And he has. It's finished. The victory's been won. So all of those false idols are destroyed as you see Jesus crucified for you. You see your king who has brought you into his kingdom and makes you an heir of all that he has done. So who is God that he should do this all for you? There's no other God, for he is the Lord, your Lord, who loves you, who forgives you, and gives you this all fully and freely. And what a joy to have such a king, such a God who calls you his own. This is your Lord, Jesus Christ. And so in, as if this wasn't enough, God comes again and lifts up your souls toward that day. The season of Advent is all about the coming of our Lord, but even as he comes now. We wait, but even as we wait, he's still here. Our prayers are answered in Jesus, because he's here now and comes even as he comes again. He comes to this very place to distribute and give out salvation, because that's who he is. He's gracious, he's merciful, his mercy overflows. So looking back on the work of Jesus, you have it all now, and at the same time are looking forward to that final day when all things are made new. To be sure, there is a warning to those who would remain unrepentant, but for you, dear people of God, that day, that final day when the Lord comes again, that can't come soon enough. Again, the hymn of the day beautifully states, He comes to judge the nations, a terror to his foes, a light of consolations, and blessed hope to those who love the Lord's appearing. O glorious sun, now come, send forth your beams so cheering, and guide us safely home. So the intro it for this Sunday sums up well as you listen to where it directs you. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O God, in you I trust, let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth, and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. So there's your answer in faith to the question, O Lord, how shall I meet you? How welcome you are right. Lift up your eyes to Christ, 
who has come, who prepares you, who forgives your sins and promises he is coming again. Greet him as your king. Greet him now, and greet him again when he comes again in glory. So as the people of God, the church, join together in that eager expectation and know that no one who waits for him, for your king, will be put to shame. You won't be put to shame for waiting for Jesus to come again. So meet and greet him with joy and join with your fellow saints as you begin this new church year with renewed vigor. Come, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.